Peace, grace, this is Pastor Colton Lott from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, El Reno. We have the privilege of building Christian community in El Reno for the world. And so if you care about building Christian community or El Reno or the world, we're glad you're listening to this podcast. If you want to help contribute to the gospel work of this congregation, please visit our website, fcclreno.org, and go to the Give Online tab. And now, here's the sermon for the week. Hear these words from the letter of, to the Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22b through 26. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing competing against one another, envying one another. May God add blessings to to the readings of the words in every time and in every place. Elijah the prophet was out in the wilderness alone without any water or bread to to keep keep me fed. But the Lord spoke to Elijah and said, Go to Zarephath and Sidon and live there. I have ordered a widow (sighs) there to take care of you. So Elijah went, and when he reached the town gate, he saw the widow. (sighs) She was gathering Wood, heave ho, for a fire. Elijah said to the widow, (sighs) Bring me a little water in a cup so I may have a drink. As she was going to get his water, Elijah said, While you're at it, bring me a piece of bread to to keep me fed. The widow (sighs) answered, As surely as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread to keep me fed. I only have a handful of flour in a jar and only a little olive oil in a jug. Glug, glug. I came here to gather some wood. Heave ho! So I could go home and cook the last loaf of bread to to keep me fed for my little boy. And I to eat, and then we will die of hunger. Do not worry, Elijah told the widow. (sighs) Go home and cook your bread to keep me fed, as you have said. But first, make a small loaf and bring it to me. Then cook something for yourself and your little boy. (laughs) The Lord... The God of Israel says that jar of flour will never be empty and the jug will always have oil in it until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So the widow (sighs) went home to her little boy. (laughs) She used the oil in her jug to make bread to to keep keep me fed for Elijah. 
as and just as promised, the widow <gasps> and her son and Elijah had enough food for every day. The jar of flour and the jug glug, glug. of oil were never empty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, CYF Conference campers. I appreciate it. Would you pray with me? God, continue to work through these stories to give us bread that nourishes us for our walk with you. May we hear something new in this story or maybe something old that nevertheless nourishes us. Amen. I went to college with the granddaughter of a man who helped save half of my family. Let me explain. Dr. Charles Hirschberger, who was known to many as Chuck, but I first met him as Papa Hirschberger because he was the grandfather of one of my closest friends at Eureka College. Through my friendship with Ella, uh, along the years, I came to know three things about her Papa Hirschberger. First is that he loved his family and his grandchildren very much. The second is that he was a scientist. His PhD was in uh, uh, molecular biology. And he was a scientist for Eli Lilly, a little pharmaceutical company you might have heard of. And he was a leader of the team that discovered how to synthesize artificial human insulin. And the third is that he was the adopted son of a disciples minister. Papa Hirschberger died recently, and his family asked if I could submit a eulogy for his service. And they told me more about his story, and in the process, they corrected a key detail of his life that I had wrong. I had assumed that he was adopted young. As so many uh, uh, in that generation were, I assumed that like many other ministers, the Hirschbergers had adopted him from an orphanage. He was actually adopted as a preteen. A young man that the Hirschbergers met because Chuck came to their church. And he went to the church because it was a place where he knew he could find food. Sure, he was fed spiritually, but real food for a very hungry stomach. And when his home life changed for even worse, the Hirschbergers adopted Chuck. They sent him to Eureka College, which was Reverend Hirschberger's alma mater, and Chuck deliberated between becoming a minister or a scientist, and he chose science, nevertheless blending faith and reason. And that story always strikes me because of this personal part, which is that my family, diabetes, runs like weeds in a garden, okay? All four of my grandparents have diabetes. My dad has diabetes, my, and my dad and my paternal grandmother both use artificial human insulin and will every day for the rest of their lives. And the part of the story that strikes me is that the medicine that saves their life might not have happened if it weren't for a disciple's church that welcomed in a scruffy boy who just needed to be fed. It's amazing what seeds are planted without us ever knowing. It is amazing what happens when we are patient with God. 
When we talk about the scripture from 1 King with Elijah and a woman who is only known by the title, the widow, we often say, well, this is a story about the prophet Elijah. But really, it is the story of a widow who showed incredible trust. Can you imagine how hungry that widow and her son were to know that this little cake, this little piece of bread is it. This is your last meal. There is no more food. They must have been so hungry. And the gall of this man to come sweeping into town, a foreigner, a stranger, to ask them for the very last of their food. Now, of course, the miracle before us is that this was not the last of their food after all. God was going to take care of this hungry family. It, the scripture today was very fun, but one of the things I want you to notice is that Elijah did not use the word if with the widow. Elijah said, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal will not be emptied and the jug Glug, glug of oil will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain to the earth. Elijah did not add on to the end, if you feed me. There was no condition. There was no bargain. This was a divine promise. God was going to take care of this hungry family. The question is, could she trust the words of a stranger with her very last meal? Could she show kindness in the face of the worst situation? Could she show patience in a God that she did not know to feed her day in and day out? Could she show patience and kindness to someone else when everything was on the line for her son and even her own life? The kind of trust that the widow displayed is at the heart of this scripture. That same kind of trust is at the heart of Chuck Hirschberger's story too. And it is the same trust that lies at the heart of church camp. I believe that camp is miraculous. It changes lives in ways that are too numerous to count. I know it's true for me. I wouldn't be here in front of you without camp. Even though it sounds so cliche when Maddie talks about how she is sure she had lifelong friends. I, I do have those friends. I know what she's talking about. And so while we hear and see some of the ways that God is working through church camp already, we cannot imagine everything that will come from those four camps that we held this year. Of course, I don't want to fool you. Church camp is resource intensive, which is a fancy way of saying a little expensive. The real cost for our church's 28 campers was just shy in tuition dollars of $10,600. And a lot of fundraising from the region, your tithes and offerings, the Joe and Florence Mark Family Fund, and other gifts got that to $0 for our families with campers. But it does use real resources 
And that's just intuition. That doesn't count the week that Tamara took off from work. That doesn't count all of the fuel and van rides and meals along the way. That doesn't count the staff time that you all devoted to this ministry. It is something like $13,000, $14,000, which I don't say to be prohibitive, but to say we believe and invest and sow seeds in this ministry. Because that's what it is. Planting seeds. And we don't know how many will pop up. We don't know where. We don't know how. We don't know when. But we trust that they will. And we have to be patient. Because we are in business with an eternal God. Undoubtedly this summer there were future ministers of the gospel who felt nudged by the Spirit. But I also assume that there were future scientists and doctors and teachers and small business owners and chefs and pipeliners and parents and spouses and citizens and church leaders who are all better equipped to live a fruitful faith no matter where God will lead them. And perhaps more importantly than who they will become, they are right now actual children and youth. Students and adolescents, believers and questioners, leaders of the church, not just tomorrow's church, today's church. And they are all better equipped to bear the good fruit of God. But what is even more important than who they will become, and I believe even more important than how they are equipped to be leaders in the church today, but the most important is that children and youth were fed. They were fed from the word of God. They were fed by the people of God. They were fed in their spirit by a few days when they got to be exactly who God has made them to be. And they even were able to try on who God might be calling them to become. And they were fed literally. In an environment where everyone had enough to eat, and everyone had a safe place to sleep. And everyone had the assurance of an adult who genuinely cared about them. All of which are basics. But none of them are guaranteed. For a few moments, the prophet and the widow trusted just enough. So that God could do a new thing. They planted seeds whether they realized it or not. That same thing happened with a scruffy boy at a Christian church with a preteen in the 1950s. That same thing happens at camp, and that same thing happens here, right here in this church, right here in El Reno. Seeds that are planted when we trust just enough so that God can do a new thing. Seeds that we don't know when or how and even where they will sprout Church Camp Sunday is a good day to be reminded that we can just be amazed by this miraculous God that works in our lives. Because we can scarcely begin to count all who will be fed with God's help. Amen.